Hello and welcome to Sonographers Spill the Tea, where we're here to discuss all things ultrasound, particularly safety in sonography and cap the caseload. We're here to uplift, educate, and foster a community of wellness and realness in ultrasound. And you'll get no shortage of real talk from me, your host, Joanna Hall. Disclaimer, real talk can get explicit at times, so this podcast may not always be suitable for tiny human ears. Now, let's get into this week's Tea and Sonography. everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Sonographers Spill the Tea. I have to tell you that I am humbly honored for the guest that we have today that is going to be sharing amazing information with you guys. We're so blessed to have her with us, Miss Rabab Al-Amin. Thank you so much for being with us. You are a 27-year veteran cardiac sonographer, and you're also the founder of Hunt Valley Acupuncture and Chinese Herbal Medicine. That is an amazing career and, and shift in careers. So I'd love for you to be able to expand on how you got into Chinese medicine from sonography and, and who you are and what you're doing. We're so excited that you're here with us. Thank you so much for having me here, Joanna. I love what you do. I've been following your work and I'm, I'm really excited about the possibility for sonographers to be in touch with their body and learn about how to, for them, how to become more at ease and with a lot of um, less pain, less chronic pain, you know? So I am a Chinese medicine physician and woman and medicine woman. Uh, on a mission to in 2016 in North Dakota, Standing Rock, to treat and heal the native, support the Native Americans, all the tribes, and uh, and I went as an acupuncturist and herbalist, and uh, that was how I tr- introduced myself. And after a week of actually running the wellness yurt, they. <laughs> under two blizzards they said to me they said you're you're not stop saying acupuncturist you're medicine woman you're not an acupuncturist and so that's why i am honored for for that title that title that's why i use it so you know rabab when i saw your profile i saw that right under your name it said medicine woman and the next three words i fell in love with you identified not only as medicine woman but as programmed to love. Yes. That is such an extraordinary identification, a self-identification. You have identified as somebody who is here for another person, for another being, for, you know, to just to love. And there's so many ways to show love. And this is absolutely one of them through medicine. I don't know very many healthcare providers who are providing care uh, because they're getting this financial gain from it and they're doing it for the money or they're, they're doing it for some type of accolade or recognition. Most healthcare providers work from a place of deep love, not only for their profession, but for others, for just a human race or even animals. You know, there's a lot of veterinarians out there just programmed to love animals. They don't want to love humans. <laughs> well, you know, and, and sonographers in particular, I think because our, our work is uh, we are at this uh, juxtaposition between the patient who is 
dealing with some sort of disease and 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 mostly we have the machine the technology and we are smack dab in the middle where we're constantly operating both sides of the brain not everybody can become a sonographer because of that so we're we have our empathy with the patient and with the with the machine that we need to operate on all of our Uh, diagnostic tools we're seeing we're not just taking images but we're also like following where is the where is the disharmony where is the disease where you know and just like zeroing in on that while being so kind and 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 kind and gentle and caring and and providing support you know and at the same time like that takes so much from our bodies you know so because we're not as sonographers we're not doctors so we can't like say oh this is what you need to do we can't give um right no matter how many how much they stare at our face looking for results in our right. eyes or we say, can't tell them can you tell me i won't tell anybody i said boom neither will i <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So exactly. And, and so, but, but then also the position where you see all that and really can't provide the support for the patient. So at, the, at some level, um, especially when, if it's a stat and you're on call and you got called and, you know, you go into the ER and, and you, God knows, I mean, we've all seen all sorts of things or PR, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're still at this position where we are literally using the right and the left brain at the same time which is like amazing right Mm -hmm. and and being between the patient and the machine and then interpretation i mean how many of us just do you know write the report all right from the beginning to end and we're so many things for you know patients like you said it it takes a lot to be a sonographer not an ultrasound tech a lot of people could be an ultrasound tech but to be a diagnostic medical sonographer and the intellectual stamina that that requires to be able to not only be there for your patient Mm -hmm. but now the goal is to be able to be there for ourselves so that we can continue to be there continue for the patients to be there. in the that is lacking in the in the formal training everywhere it's training lacking. you know and it's lacking in the training it's lacking in the hospitals you know where where it's not recognized it's not it's not really um, they're not optimizing safety they're not no. No. recognizing those yeah. risks that are causing yeah. the soft tissue in the sonographer's body to break down, to yeah, wind then, up being replaced with more scar tissue than healthy soft tissue. This is why I'm saying, like, this is why I'm bringing this up. If you're an empath, you're actually going to pick up a lot of the those vibrations that the patients are you know, uh, emitting in, in addition to that, your own state of mind, like your own life journey, where you are, how you woke up in the morning, the pain that you're dealing with, it all becomes part of the, this body that, and the, the ultrasound, I mean, we know I've researched and researched, and it's always said that the ultrasound vibrations are safe for the body. But you know what? I don't think it is because I am in sound healing. I'm pointing to my gong over there and I have a lot. I have this whole room is surrounded by sound instruments. And I can tell you that those vibrations will 
change the at, at the body at a cellular level you know wow. and so and so the just because we can't hear the sound doesn't mean that it's not affect the vibrations that are in our hands you know whether I'm, i mean you know i got injured about in 1998 i was working at hopkins 12 hour shifts and uh, i actually worked with um with cardiac uh, transplant patients a lot mm-hmm. and did Debutamin studies did all sorts of studies right and the the hopkins at the time they were i don't know if you're familiar with hopkins downtown where the they keep on building on the empire mm-hmm. yes. and the, and the, the uh, connecting one building to the next mm-hmm. there's there are doors and there are like bumps you know and so those machines back in the day were heavy oh my and gosh i couldn't like, imagine you know and this and the stu- the stretchers were fixed they weren't even they can go up and down you know wow. and so i i just developed this shoulder pain and neck pain and then suddenly i just my fingers just dropped the transducer i couldn't hold it anymore oh, wow and how far into your career was this uh i got my rdcs in 1993 so i 1990 so uh, i moved to the united states in 1990 Okay. Uh, in the spring, and I started uh, studying echocardiography. I believe in December and of that year, or maybe January of 1992. And um, and I became a like RDCS immediately. You know, I uh, there wasn't a program back then okay. for echocardiography. Doctors I were I was working with, I got trained on the job. I basically walked in and I said, I need, I want to learn this. I want to work with the heart and and my BA is in English literature mm-hmm. and so Dr. Gottlieb asked me he said what do you what's your background and I said English literature and he said well this is art you know and, and so I said I'll do anything just teach me and I volunteered I did you know filed all the things that sonographers didn't want to do I did those and uh, and after six months I'm like okay I'm ready like Hook me up. I want to get my... Uh, I want my letters. Card. I want my credentials. And they said, they told me that I can't do the ARDMS. That they, you know, they, I need a, a, um, at least a year or some kind of recommendations or a school. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the doctor um, uh, in charge and I said, look, I can't, don't have time to, to wait. You know, and he said, sonographers who taught you, they, they're not even registered yet. I said, and that means what like that's not my problem you know right and so what he did he said to me okay if you insist I'll write you a letter of recommendation only if you uh, I read all of your you do all the stats Mm -hmm. and I read all of your echoes myself and he was one of those doctors who would like make you repeat things repeat repeat you know and so I thought, okay, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. And my uh, my sonographer friend said, oh, well, yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to prepare for the repeat. And day after day, after 30 days, I had not one single repeat. And he, I went over and I said, okay, what's the verdict? Like, I want that letter. And he looked at me and he said, I can't believe, how did you do this, you know? 
And so how, because I love the heart and I love this work and I really wanted to, you know, get my degree so that I can get hired and get paid and not just I was working for, for like I was right. a volunteer basically. And so that was my story. And so, so I had been doing ultrasound um, in like, so 1991. So oh. let's say it's been more than about seven years then seven years yeah and I you know at that time I tried everything I went like everybody else I took the whole year off because I literally couldn't lift my teacup and uh, I was supposed to have surgery on both wrists and on my my neck is whatever you know the x-ray and and it was a mess uh, my elbow and I'm like I'm not you're not gonna cut through me Right. We're not going to do this. Right. So my doctor said, Rob, you're going to be disabled for life. Like the forget about you're not going to be able to operate with your hands. And I was devastated. I was I mean, I was so young back it's then. A, it's and, a kick in the gut for oh, somebody oh, to tell you you can't yeah. do anything. Even yeah. when I when I got my injury, I was a nursing mother. I couldn't even, you know, handle yeah. the weight of my baby's head on my arm. Yeah. So my husband would like prop pillows under yeah. me so that I wasn't holding the weight. I could no longer lift a gallon of milk. Yeah. Even today, they know to not put things for mommy on the top shelf because I can't do that. things for me in the fridge have to be directly in front so that I can take it out. Yeah. So that's interesting because my son was three years old back then, you know? So I also had a lot of problems with like being the mom that I wanted to be in, in the house, you know? And, uh, so I was just saying like, I can't, couldn't lift my teacup and you're saying like the same thing. Um, I did, I seen so many specialists, you know, surgeons wanted to operate on me, which is, you know, you, I, you go to the surgeon, they're going to say, of course, I'm going to operate on you. Like, what do I expect? Right. Absolutely. Um, I thought maybe I have developed some kind of rheumatoid arthritis and I it, and it, you know, my blood test didn't show that. So eventually uh, I was seeing a PT three days a week for a whole entire year. And I, what I did during that year is that I thought, okay, I can't, I don't want to be disabled. I don't want to collect disability. So what I did is I actually went back to Hopkins and said, hey, you have an ultrasound school, but you don't have a, an echo department. Can I jumpstart this, this program? I love and uh, she said, sure. I had two patients, two students, mm-hmm. one of them quit, you know, and the other one really stuck with me. She came from uh, New York and yeah. it, was a, it was a study. It wasn't like an official, but it just like I collected everything that I could. I took her to the OR. We saw like uh, a cardiac uh, surgery and all that it was really fun. But so I did that. And I also taught for just a short period of time at the sonography school at UMBC. I was doing a personal training at the gym mm-hmm. and uh, just anything to help my body, you know, my shoulders relax, my, my wrists come back to normal. She, my PT would give me an exercise, which was like literally like this to the therapy something just as simple as that is opening your fingers closing your fingers flipping your palm up flipping your palm down that's yeah oh yes because just just yeah just very simple things that we take for granted that we can't do and like you 
mentioned earlier, and you know, surgeons are pretty quick to say, yeah, you know, we'll cut into you. And they wanted to go in and file down my AC joint. And they're like, you've got inflammation here, 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 here. We need to give it room to inflame. We're going to go in, we're going to file that down. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, you're you're not doing that. <laughs> We've seen enough to not want to be cut, you know, right. unless it's sincerely necessary. You know, I'm not dissing all of that, but right. But unless you have that active tear, like there is a yeah. tear or something significant yeah. that needs repair, um, when we're dealing with all of the itises and inflammation, there is absolutely room to handle it holistically. And that's what yes. I'm so excited to have you speak about because you made this whole career shift. I did. From a from a diagnostic cardiographer to a Chinese medicine physician, you go, girl. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how that transition happened. Yeah. So how that happened is that I, as I was working out at the gym, had friends tell me like, go see an acupuncturist. And I might like, my mind was like straight, you know, Western medicine. I was on painkillers as a lot of us can happened is that the gym where I was, they had a health fair and in the health fair, they had uh, an acupuncturist. And I just went and spoke to that acupuncturist. And what I discovered is that for the first time in the whole entire year, I had somebody actually acknowledge and listen to my pain, like listen to me. It wasn't 10 minutes. It wasn't five minutes of the doctor's time. He stood there and he listened and and he um had us uh i just signed up you know like i was at his booth and he called me the next day he's like hey do you want to come for a treatment and i thought okay what do i have to lose so i went over and i said to him i just want to let you know i have no faith in what you do i, I love that <laughs> I, I did <laughs> i have no faith in what you do i don't know what acupuncture could do you know I can't imagine and uh but I am sick and tired of taking medication I'm here because I read about acupuncture and there are no side effects so I'm okay with that and so he did a treatment and what happened is that one treatment took me on a journey it was really magical where I the pain went away from gripping me like my shoulder like gripping my neck my neck to completely like kind of moved slowly and spread downward along my back so the it didn't have a grab hold on me it wasn't It wasn't holding my body anymore. You know, that must have been such a relief for you because people in chronic pain, you know, even a little bit of relief can be life altering and can give you back your sense of optimism, of hope, because it's very easy to feel helpless and hopeless when you live in chronic pain. And and the swallowing of oral medication on a constant basis can really fuck with your head. Like it doesn't. Not only with your head, but with your digestion. I couldn't, because I've never taken medication before, you Mm -hmm. know, before that incident of my, you know, sonography injury. Mm -hmm. I had uh, 
I would flip, like change the medication every two weeks because uh, because my stomach can't handle it. Right. And then the last thing that my doctor said, he said, oh, we need to put you on Xanax. And I said, uh-uh, we're not doing that. No, you know? negative. Mm-mm. Negative, no, no. Okay. So, Rabab, one of the things I wanted to speak to you about, um, and, and it's just very personal to me, and I'm just going to allow myself to open up here a little bit. I had been diagnosed with arthritis since I was very young. Um, I was a little happy to get my diagnosis because it was finally somebody saying, oh, you're so young. You should be running around in circles. And I said, I know, but that's why I'm here because for some reason I can't chase my kids. I'm in, I'm in constant pain, but I had lived with that all my life. And so I had already adjusted to a life in pain. It wasn't terribly interfering, except when I got my injury from being a sonographer. When I got my injury, that was where I really started to rely on pain medication so that I can continue to function and continue to make a living. In the last five years, since I have been taking pain medication, I can feel this tremendous sense of guilt of opioids and this opioid epidemic. And it became something that was very guilt-ridden. Like I'm prescribed this medicine. I have a legitimate pain for it and I still don't want it. It still doesn't make me feel good. So if you have any recommendations for myself or any of our listeners who may be silently struggling with their reconciliation with having to take pain pills to live a life pain-free, what would you say? Right. So this is, uh, this is very common, you know, as a lot of people understand that there's a chemical dependency and there's a lot of side effects that are not really good for you with these painkillers. But what I say to people in my patients who uh, have to be taking medication is that you pray on it. You pray on it and 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 pray that you you ask that this is going to be giving you only the best and not the side effects and that you are not going to become dependent on it. When when a medication does not do it's like when you constantly have to be taking it all the time. You know, I question what it's doing. But the guilt feeling will accumulate to the to the trauma that the injury that you already have because that will affect your energetics like it will affect the way your body is not you won't be able to relax into uh, what the medicine has to offer Um, so if you have to take medication which if you're a sonographer most likely you've at least taken Tylenol you know for the pain and a lot of NSAIDs I I have seen people online students asking you know what is it like and people going you know just figure out how would you like your ibuprofen do you want it crushed or like are you going to take it straight up so so if you're a sonographer the majority I I think you have a statistic I don't know what it is 80 percent or 90 percent 90 percent 90 90% of us are living in pain. And so if you're a sonographer, you've, you've experimented, you've, you've been prescribed heavy duty painkiller. And if you're taking that, take it without guilt because, because the guilt will add to the pain. And so I would bless it. I would just ask for the highest benefit of this medicine to, to function in within my body and pray that it will be temporary actually. 
I love the way you said that. You said that that guilt can actually sound like exasperate the pain. Um, so that's that's very very interesting, and I I I think that's almost a revelation at this point on how guilt can or any type of a negative emotion that can weigh on you what that can physically manifest as. And so if you're already in physical pain and you add mental anguish, all that can do is exasperate both pains now. Now you're double whammy, you know? so you're yeah. saying to to look at that medication, understand that there may be a chemical, you know, dependency or a chemical reaction of some sort that you're not really wanting. Um, you don't you feel bad about it, but you know that without it, are you going to be able to work that day? Are you going to be able to take care no, of your children? No I mean, day? without it, you can't. This you is can't. It. You're not taking this medication for uh, fun and recreation fun and recreation we're so taking this so- because you you can't lift your teacup you can't help your toddler you can't you know do normal function you can't hold the transducer you can't hold the trans let alone put down force and then push it all the way to the icu yeah. and then rearrange the room and yeah. then do your exam and then rearrange the room again and then push the the thing all the way back and then write your report and do it again do it again so i love that you said to bless it because that that gives you a freedom to know that you're not doing something to harm yourself. You're doing something to help yourself. And it is okay to, to release that guilt, bless your medicine and say, just like you would with your food, please help me to the nourishment of our bodies. And we know, of course, there's probably not much nourishment in an NSAID or a painkiller. However, if it allows you to have a productive life, there should be no guilt in that. Right. I have made, so as an herbalist, I had made those um, tinctures that you spray. This is brand new, so I don't want to spray it. But you literally spray it on the injury and it has, it's alcohol based because this is a tincture and it has uh, Chinese herbal formulas. And these formulas, this is for tendons. I have one that's called, this one is, it's an actual translation of of a formula. This is my logo for a hummingbird potion oh i love that it's literally a hummingbird it's beautiful so 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 these uh have to sit for some of them i have that been have been sitting for like 10 years the the older the better and um amazing and uh, these are for external use but uh hitfall is for immediate injury and these this kind of medicine this kind of herbal medicine is was designed by um uh all the martial arts schools and so those teachers uh, they their students falling all the time so they had to come up with medicine but martial arts you know you do judo you do karate's and so every school had a very like a their own their special remedy but one for long term like you know chronic one for tendons one for just you hit you fell you i use these with my patients all the time i also have made this is a salve this is um I named it Mend, and the reason 
I named it Men. Wow. I love that little bottle too. Yeah, it's based and this is my... The hummingbird. I love that it's a potion. There's something very fun about a potion. You know, I love that. Yeah. It's not any, you know, it's an elixir or liquid. It is a potion and I love that. These are all my <laughs> potions. Yeah. You know, my patients sometimes call me, are you a magician? This is an 84-year-old I treated the other day and she had fell and she had a an open wound they they sewed her her eyebrow you know which was like this and but she, they didn't do anything to her uh, shin and i'm like this is literally like two weeks ago or three weeks ago and she came in and i said oh my god you need to go to the er she said i went and so they cleaned this and they sewed it but they left the one on her shin it was open like the wound was open like this and what? I said, can you please go back? Like, I don't want that. And she, she has horses, she has dogs, you know, she's like, she goes out in the farm and that just play, you know, she's an active 84 year old. And, and I was afraid that she was going to infect it. Mm -hmm. And she's on cardiac medication. And so, uh, she said, I'm not going. They, they didn't, he, they looked at it and they said, no. And she said, I don't want to wait. I don't want to do this and that. And so I said, okay, I guess I'm gonna do wound healing now. And so I opened it, wore my gloves, opened it, you know, examined it more, put my glasses on, and it's like, holy moly, this is open wound. Like, wow. open, you know. And so what I did, and I said to her, I said, if this was my body, I would do these this these herbs on it. Will you okay with it? And she said, yes, do what she trusts me. And so I did, I used mend and I added a bit more of the powder that has um, powder that what it does is like it, it literally the, the way I look at that one specific herb, it's called Sanchi. I can't say its name in, in English. It's just too, in Latin, it's just too big. Say it how you would say it. Sanchi. So Sanchi? Sanchi, yeah. So what it does, it, it's like I envision it as a, like this, you know, healer that's sitting there mending the tissue mm. while while stopping the bleeding and and the pain. And so I put some of that powder uh, in addition because it was open. And these herbs have anti-biotic um, and antiviral, antimicrobial uh, properties as well as um, anti-inflammatory as well. And, yeah. So and so I did that and I. Put it directly on the open wound mm -hmm. and uh, put a, um, a, a gauze pad and I closed it and I said, please don't get it wet. Please don't get it. You know, don't get you let your dog or your horse or your, you know. Anything. Just protect it right now. Baby it and don't let yeah. nothing happen. And she was wearing those stockings, you know, compression stockings. I said, leave those like you don't need those. And she had uh, uh, edema. I was treating it. So, and then, then I did acupuncture around it also. And within 45 minutes, I took before and after. I do not have permission yet to, to share. And within within 45 minutes, like the, 
it closed like this, you know, went from here to here. And then the next week she came and I gave her foot soaks to improve circulation and, and deal with the pain and all that. And her daughter, I saw her daughter came in yesterday. I treated a lot of families. She came in yesterday. She said, thank you so much for treating my mom. She said, she did not expect that. Like she did, she came to me and even though I've seen her before, she did not expect that I can actually treat wound. And it sounds know. like she was like how you were feeling, you know, when you, you're just yeah. like, I don't even, I have no expectations <laughs> except very little ones that this is going to work because I've already tried this and I've tried that. And Right. Uh, what I want to offer to to sonographers who are taking high, heavy duty painkillers is that the Chinese herbs, there are, uh, there are formulas that will actually are designed for like specific, like your specific needs, your specific patterns. So even though you and I both have shoulder pain, the exterior application is different, you know, but the, but the internal that you take in, it really also helps with the pain relief with all of that. So I'm going to send you some, I'm going to send you some of my potions. I'm so excited. And you guys listen, you know, I have a whole page of soft tissue recovery items that I have tried um, that I believe in. So I am definitely super excited to try Rebob's um, potions and I will be giving you guys uh, an update on my pain level and how I have been doing with um, with her products. I'm so excited. I'm so optimistic, especially that you know what it's like to be pessimistic when somebody else is offering you relief for healing. So I'm going to come to it with, with a less pessimistic thought process or expectation. And I'm going to come to it very optimistic and hopeful that everything that you're saying that I absolutely agree with um, will come to fruition. So I'm very excited. And so what happened during that treatment, so that was the first session, that was the same Mm -hmm. day that I said to him, I have no faith in what you do. And he put the needles, he left the room, he came back and uh, I was uh, in a seated position and facing, he was behind me and I turned my head around and I said to him, please tell me I don't have to go to China to study this. I have two children and I can't do that. And he said, what, what happened? You just... You just told me you don't have faith in what I do. And I said to him, is, is, is what happened is, this is a literal conversation. I said to him, what happened is that there is no, like I've been for 10 years, I have been working in hospitals and I've never seen anything that does that. I've never, I mean, I just, I worked at Hopkins. I worked at Bayview. I worked at, um, I worked at uh, Howard County General Hospital by then, you know, like I've had all of this 10 years of experience in working in hospitals and doctor's offices and cardiology. And I've never seen anything that real like that provided instant relief like that and and I did and he said you're lucky we have one of the best schools two we had two schools back then in Maryland the other one shut down so uh, I left his office I called the the school and I immediately uh, got myself enrolled what was the name of the school so uh, when I went to school it was uh, traditional acupuncture institutes in Columbia Maryland and then 
Uh, the ch name changed twice since then. It became Thai Sophia Institute in Laurel, mm -hmm. and now it's Maryland University of Integrative Health. And the the school really became a university instead of institute. Where it, it, right now it, they offer a lot of other things. They offer nutrition training and uh, yoga therapy and. Uh, I don't know, coaching. Do they coaching. still offer the acupuncture program that? They offer, yeah, it's still wow. offered there. Yeah. Okay, and, awesome. Yeah. And Chinese herbs, you know, the Chinese herbal certificate program, which I uh, finished in, yeah, two years, yeah. more than two. So the hardest thing that I've ever studied, honestly, is uh, Chinese medicine, is, uh, the herbal program. It was just, whew, that one is, uh, academically speaking, that's the hardest thing I've ever studied. I'm so happy that you gave us some time this morning to just scratch the surface because you there really is just scratch the surface. There's so much to discuss. I hope that you'll come back and even elaborate further where we can maybe do some video. Yes. But be before I let you go, what I want to ask you is two things. Number one, what is something that you wish you would have known before you got injured? And then number two, what do you want to impart on the listeners to help them with any type of pain that they're experiencing right now? Right. So a lot of sonographers, the majority of sonographers start when they're very young and full of vitality and energy. Like I really, the majority of sonographers I met love their work. Like I continue to do echoes for what? Ugh, I did echoes for 27 years. I've been an, as Chinese medicine physician for 21 years. So I I continued because I love the work so much. Right. So, um, so there's the passion about being with people and and I want you to remember that you are the only person who is responsible for your body mm. anybody who tells you that oh it's in your head or whatever that's them not understanding not knowing your body so if you were that still that young student you got all this energy you're ready to do it you're like Mm. But you know that that young student is going to take all of that energy and all of that vivaciousness and that that mm -hmm. hunger to make a difference and be impassioned. And they're going to lead themselves into injury because yeah, I know. that's part of it. It's part of this gun ho energy. Yeah. You want to do the most. You want to be the most. You want to be valuable, yeah. you know, yeah. and it only takes about a year to become symptomatic. So what would you tell that vivacious, energetic student. Listen, listen, listen to your body. This, the slightest clues that it's giving you, you know, whether you're squinting when you're, when you didn't before, whether you have a, a little bit of a headache when you didn't before, whether it's like you are asked to do one more study when you had just decided, okay, I'm done. I can't do one more. Don't do that one more. Stop when your body tells you it's done and listen to that. I did not know how to listen to my body. So I have, I actually have programs that I've designed specifically for high, it's for, this is for sonographers, obviously it is for high functioning individuals. I treat a lot of my patients are athletes, like super athletes, you know, like they're, and uh, we're all athletes. I, I know. That's why I mentioned the athletes first. Yes, athletes we 
are. And, and I also have a lot of patients who are, you know, in high positions where they are responsible for a lot of other people. And I take them through, uh, I have three different programs where I take them through uh, a mind shift, a mindset shift, a meditation, a visualization, sound healing, a breath work, which is something I studied for four years and it's called Kriya Yoga and Pranayama and it's uh it's it's active it's and and i guide you through it you know so there's a breakthrough that happens you find the place that is whether it's emotional physical whatever it is it's it, like you can break out of it um that's so powerful it's really powerful there are i have foot soaks that i've designed i'm an herbalist and i have founded and chief alchemist of hummingbird potions herbal salves and tinctures and liniments and uh, and foot soaks and the foot soaks are wonderful because the herbs that i put there what they do is they um uh, allow for like they nourish the blood and the and chi and they remove stagnation they're really wonderful and they and i put there for pain reliefs also so they increase circulation therefore they not only relax you but they also like work on your your whole entire body wow. what else do i have um where can they find these programs and your hummingbird potions these sound like things that are must-haves i would love to to be able to include these things in the soft tissue recovery page for folks to be able to find easily. But if they don't want to go through my website to find it, how can they get in touch with you to say, hey, I need a foot soak. I need a hummingbird potion. I want to learn more about your programs. Tell them how they can find you. So uh, my website is www.rababandamin.com. That's my name. Okay, I'm going to spell that out for you guys. It's www.rababal. A-M-I-N. So uh, I have a shop there and I have my products there and I also have an Etsy shop. Gotta love Etsy. The Etsy shop I like because the, the they use really green. They do something with the shipping. Every time I ship something, they counter it, counter the emissions and all that. So mm-hmm. that one is hummingbirdpotions.etsy.com. Um, I have a special offer for your for your listeners Oh, wow. You guys are in for a treat. I hope you made it to the end because this is where it gets good. <laughs> so, so what this is, is uh, it's the name is really beautiful. I think ultra sound healing. Oh, I love it. Sound healing secrets. So this is a masterclass. It's about an hour. Probably going to go over free masterclass for you on Saturday May 8th at 11 a.m. And I will send the link to Joanna so she can link it to this podcast by the time it's broadcasted. I I have a special pricing for potential, like after that masterclass, I have two um, ultrasound healing secrets program, which is a seven week program that I do that I will offer meditation, breath work, and sound healing. And this is a group program so that we, I can do it 
one-on-one, but I truly believe that group sessions are powerful because you have the community also. And then the other one, which is what I do for my patients, is that that's a a 12-month program. It's deepening ultrasound healing program. I know. I am like, you give me the goosies. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. I love it. So, um, and so that one is, uh, is over a whole entire year where I really distill everything that I've learned over the past 22 years to be not only healed, but active and functional. And I just have a lot of tools. I have uh, always wanted to, I just have a soft spot for sonographers. I really do. You have a passion because you are a sonographer and that is how we are built we are built with passion this innate need to care for another person yeah no and i can see that all over your face i can hear it in your voice and this is not going to be the last time that our listeners get to hear your voice because it is apparent how passionate you are it is obvious how much value you have to be able to work in our community in an uplifting and healing way. And we need to be able to make sure that as many people know that and hear that and have access to that as possible. So these links to the masterclass that you're going to make available, first of all, I will definitely be there May 8th. So if you guys have time May 8th, um, we're going to put all the details about the timing and everything. I'll absolutely be there. And we're going to make all of this stuff available on the website as well, so that they can find you and know for certain how to access all of your amazing tips, tricks, tools, and help when it comes to healing. Rabab, thank you so much. So welcome, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me on here. And I'd love to come back. And I really, please consider me a resource. I'm available. I want to help everybody if I can. You know, my mission is that if I help healthcare providers, then imagine how many people get helped. Yes. I love the way you said that because it truly is a domino effect unlike anything you can probably visualize really. I mean, I guess if people want to kind of think about the Roro and not to bring up anything negative, but we've learned very clearly how affecting one person can drastically affect so many. It is the same thing on the positive end. If you can help one person can you imagine how many people that one person will be able yeah, I mean, to help? You learn breathing techniques and, and pranayama and meditation. You're not going to keep it to yourself. If you have a patient who comes in and they're anxious or or in pain, you're going to say, hey, why don't you do this? You know, and then I know a lot of us, we pray with our patients. We cry oh with God. our patients. I, I, yes, completely. Yeah. It's not a we're not putting you standing up on an x-ray machine or inside of an MRI and just leaving you there. We're yeah. with you. We're, we're next to you. you. We have followed all of your pregnancies. We have yes. found your cancer that came back three times. Yes. We were there to say, no, there was no blood flow to your foot. And now you need a below knee amputation. Yes. I mean, we're there. We're yes. here with you guys. And yes. so we're going to continue to do that. And Rabab, you are absolutely an amazing resource that we're just going to continue to work with because it's so obvious that 
it would benefit so many because your work is amazing. I am const- I am currently doing. Uh, I know you're not on Clubhouse. I know. Clubhouse new, you know they're going to make it available for everything. It's Get- only for Apple products right now, but I'm sure right. they, knew, they didn't know how how it, it was going to be. But, uh, but Clubhouse, if you're listening, I just want you to know that us Android users feel really left out and like you did it on Sorry. purpose. So yes, you are on. Clubhouse, I can't go, but tell anybody else who has an iPhone where you're at on Clubhouse. Or iPads or iPads. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can upload it, but but I'm offering I'm offering sound healing um, uh, meditation and sound healing sessions in the morning, guided meditation uh, at nine o'clock Eastern time. And uh, follow me on Instagram at Hunt Valley Acu H U N T V A L L E Y A C U. That's my Instagram handle. And uh, I'm also on Facebook at uh, Hunt Valley Acupuncture. So I'd love to reconnect with my sonography tribe and lots of love. I really appreciate our time together. Oh, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your time, all the valuable information you've given to our listeners, and we're going to absolutely continue these discussions. You guys, make sure that you check out Rabob's Instagram. It's Hunt Valley Acu at Instagram. Make sure you follow her on Facebook. We're definitely going to have you back. And thank you for taking some time to spill the tea in sonography. (laughs) You're welcome. Cheers. Well, that's it for this week's Tea and Sonography. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. If you're enjoying all the Tea and Sonography, we love to hear from you guys. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to wherever you are enjoying our show from. Thanks for listening to Sonographers Spill the Tea. Join us in our exclusive Facebook group just for sonographers to enjoy their tribe on a different level. And don't forget, if you're ready to grab your brick to join us in building the bridge for safety and sonography, head to ultrasafeultrasounds.com where you can cap the caseload, get tons of access to great soft tissue recovery items, learn what STR is and why you need it in your life, and so much more. In the meantime, stay safe and be blessed and we'll catch you right back here next time on Sonographers Spill the Tea.